When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Russ of my hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well on this channel. Please consider subscribing. Hit that bell icon so you're made aware of any time new content on. Or maybe become a Patreon. You know, click on the link below. Um, share some support to the channel. Um, today's guest, you see him on um, West Ham Fan TV, uh, Friday Night Pine. He does his little little previews. Uh, it's Scott. Hey, Dean, Scott, how's things with you, man? Oh, really good, mate. Really, really good. Busy, good. busy but really good. Yeah, good. I, I, it's I important to be busy. It's important it. to be busy at the moment, isn't it? Because if you're not busy, it's not good money-wise, yeah. but it's not good mentally, isn't it? To be to sort of sick, you can't do <laughs> fuck all anyway at the moment, so... That's it. That's the thing. It's, it's you know, for all through lockdown, I was I was working, so yeah. I'm you know chatting with the other guys doing a Friday night pint and and sort of seeing you know, especially with Nicky, like yeah. things he's gone through being a bit down in the dumps and yeah. and trying to cheer him up and stuff like that. It's 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 tough seeing what other people are going through, and mm. I'm sitting here thinking life's pretty normal for me. So I'm quite lucky. You know, I've been mm. lucky all the way through because um, of working and and then. You look at look at the other end of it. You, I, I was never big gan to the pub things like that. But then yeah. when you can't go to the pub, you sort of I want to go to the pub. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and and that's that's the thing. It's um, yeah, it's just just missing gan football stuff like that. That's that's been the real big miss. You know, watch, watching the games on the telly, it's not the same. Nah. Um, you know, nah. chatting to chatting to your mates when you go there, being around everyone, being in the atmosphere of the ground. I think that's what I've missed quite yeah. a bit. You know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I know what you mean. It's like um, it's like when you're on a diet. I mean, you know, <laughs> I haven't been on for a while, obviously. But when you're on a diet and you, you might never want something, you know, I, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> take the chocolate bar, but then you yeah. see it on the advert, and you just crave it. It's like, yeah. I can hate you bounties, but now I'm craving. You know what I mean? It's like I'll even take a celebration bounty in the box. You know what I mean? But it's um, it's what I think. I know what you mean. It's like you don't yeah. want to go to the pub, but now sometimes you can't go. You want to go. It's like that's the that's the child in you, isn't it? It's like yeah. the, you know you want you want what you can't have. But uh, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I've I've been I've been yeah I've I've been very fortunate during lockdown. As you said, I'm not I'm pretty lazy to be honest at the best of times. And so you know during lockdown when when the wife says, okay, well, it's the weekend, let's make the most of it, let's go to Lakeside or, you know, with the kids. And, the, and like, you go, oh, sorry, love, it's lockdown, you can't do nothing. you just yeah. got to sit down and watch 
Tiger King or whatever. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's what I've quite enjoyed actually, to be honest. But yeah, as yeah. Said, a, lot, a lot of people what worse off than us, and you've got to be thankful for that. And um, yeah. yeah, obviously, you know, firsthand, uh, obviously, Nick and his struggles and stuff, and same a lot of people in it. And um, mm-hmm. that's the thing about the West End community; they've all sort of pulled together. When you know, I've said obviously on Facebook and Twitter when people are a bit down. They sort yes. of, you know, say they're down, and then everyone sort of gives them a bit of a pick me up, and that's yeah, the whole idea. Everyone rallies around, don't they? They all, yeah. you know, everyone's there for each other, and we all, we all go through times when, you know, we're not feeling our greatest, and and mm. knowing that you've got people there, you know, pe- people you don't necessarily know, no, you know, no. you know, you, you know, you've you've seen them all, you've you know, you see the odd mention on Twitter from them and things like, but people you don't know coming around and just saying, oh, you know, things will be all right, you know. Hope you feel better and all that. It's yeah. it's good to have, you know. Yeah. I, I don't I don't tweet that much. I've I've said Dan's on at me all the time. Oh, you've got to tweet more. You've got to tweet more. You know, you, you know, you know a bit about football. You need to tweet more. I'm just it's just not me, you know. No. It's, it's hard for me to to sort of put it into a tweet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know what you mean. No, I know what you mean. And that's that's what I think. That's what's quite good with your sort of your pre-match videos you do because as you said you know you know a bit about football and it's a bit easier than 140 characters isn't it you can talk mm. about the game and talk about what you think and obviously yeah. the friday night pint and stuff but that's i mean the friday night pint's great obviously because it's good fun and you know you do talk a bit about football but it's the, it's the questions afterwards and you know mm. best wrestler and and, and crap yeah. like that no, i think it's brilliant man yeah. I, I love it and everyone seems to try and nicky always gets really annoyed doesn't he, he seems yeah. to get more and more annoyed as the day gets as the show gets on and then yeah. ryan just gets more of a piss take and it's just Oh, it's brilliant, man. I love it. It's, it's, it's always good banter between them two. You know, they've yeah. been friends for such a long time. And, um, yeah, you know, it's one of the best parts of the channel is, you know, we, we're yes. all mates, we all get on. And and the thing with the Friday night pint, that is, that's us when we go to the pub. You know, if we're yeah. not talking about football, we're, we're just talking about random things like wrestling, like movies and stuff like yeah. that. So when people ask questions, it sort of brings up memories of conversations that we've had in the past yeah, and, course. you know, things like that. So it's, it's, it's been enjoyable to do them Friday night points. Really. Yeah. Nice. No, he's yeah. good. He's good fun. And I, I just, I just, yeah, you said it's on a Friday, particularly at the moment, you know, we can't, you know, we can just, but until 10 o'clock at the moment, we're, we're, yeah. depends where, you, where you're watching it from. If you're in that's the north, then, then no. Um, but if you're in the south, you're right at the moment, because that's how it is. But um, yeah, I suppose at the moment, particularly when, during lockdown, there was no pubs open. So it was nice to have that sort of, you know, and that, that's why I sort of like this channel as well. It's like two blokes talking in the pub or, or a man and a woman. It doesn't matter. I'm not, yeah. not sexist. Um, <laughs> and, and talking about West Ham memories and, you know, almost like on the back of a, of a beer mat you know what's your team what's your team yeah. and, and that's that the whole idea and it's uh no i love it i love it it just gives me an excuse to come and talk about west ham for an hour each, each evening without anyone complaining because they, they don't really know what's going on over there you know it's like yeah. i'm in the i'm in the, I'm in the garrett converted garage they ain't got a clue what's going on or what i'm talking about <laughs> who, who, are you who are you interviewing tonight russ uh it's, a, it's scott from west ham fan team oh they just no disrespect <laughs> scott but unless you're harry redknapp or What's uh, Harry Redknapp? She cared about. She cared about yeah. Razor because she knew Razor and Chesney Hawks. That's the only three she's given the shit about. Two hundred and five <laughs> interviews. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest. I've got. I'm, I'm used to people not knowing who I am. I'm probably the least recognised person in the channel. If I'm honest, yeah. Graham, Graham comes on the channel after the amount I do, and everyone knows who he is. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I suppose. Like, I like yeah exactly it's, you like that way. i mean I, as i said i remember one i think i've got spotted twice since i've done the channel one was at west ham shop 
Fucking, you know, it's like it's like so archetypal. You know, a guy in the West Ham was in the West Ham shop in Lakeside. And I was impressed because I was wearing my face mask as well. So I don't know how they didn't know it with me. <laughs> and one was filling up the car at the co-op in the Hornchurch top of the road. How exciting! They went, "All right, that yeah. was that was YouTube, bloke." Yeah, all right. <laughs> yep, you're right. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah, that's him. That's a tosser. Um, and <laughs> and obviously we've had we've had Nicky on, we've had Ryan on, we've had Dan on. So you're like the fourth, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. you know. So it is, and then hopefully we we'll get Graham on as well. So we'll have we'll have the collective. We'll have the whole. Yeah. We'll have to its own playlist, you know, of everyone yeah. there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've I've chatted to Graham and he's he's happy to come on. So he's yeah, um, but you've, but you've said it now and it's like and it's on YouTube now. So um, it'll, it'll it. be on. Don't worry. We'll get him on. Don't worry. He'll be on. He'll be like the fifth member. Be like the Beatles. Beatles. No, no, four. Four of the Beatles. Um, Rolling Stones. There's five of them. Um, but yeah, and that, that's the idea. So yeah, it's good to get all these different people on. And you know, obviously the YouTubers. Everyone's been very kind with their time. And you know, and yeah, because it's a different environment, isn't it? You, you, you go. You guys talk about you know the current stuff all the time, and you know, it's nice to just as you said before we recorded. You know, sort of sitting back, reflecting, looking back at actually, you know people feel oh it's a bit better apart from the results are obviously pretty good at the moment but it was oh it's not like the old days but it gives you a chance to think talk about the old days and stuff which is nice rather than having to bang on the modern drum basically yeah. and it just gives exactly. you a nice time to decompress a bit yeah yeah that's exactly and that's exactly it you know it, it, it does it just it brings back certain memories that you forgot and and things like that mm. and you know you sit back and and as i said it's it's really tough to think of your best 11 you yeah. know, I, I found it really, really tough to do. And you sort of remember things and then you go through the players and players. You know, I, I tried to sort of stick mine to people who I've I've liked through the time that I've watched watched the game, watched um, yeah. them and, and things like that. And there's so many players and you think, like, what were the ones that stick in your, your memory the most? What were the ones that you enjoyed watching the most? And yeah. that's what I've sort of gone with. There's a couple in there that are more modern, but... You know, that's that's what I've tried to go with 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 the eleven. So yeah, that's good. Oh, cool. Yeah. We'll come to that in a tick. The first the first question I always ask Scott is is why are you a West Ham fan? What's your story? Um, I was really late getting into football. Um, yeah. my first memory of football was the nineteen ninety World Cup, and I was ten. Uh, my dad wasn't a big sports person. Um, my two brothers were massive sports. One one was really into cricket. One was really into football, and I sort of said got into knowing about football when I was ten. Knew who West Ham were, knew you know the, the big players, you know your Bobby Moores your, and, yeah. and players like that. knew knew all about them, but I didn't really get properly into football till sort of ninety three, ninety four that that sort of period of time, and and. Then I got myself a season ticket and I had season ticket for a few years. Then I started playing football. So I was playing on a Saturday and Sunday. So couldn't really afford to, to buy a ticket and not go yeah. to the game. So uh, yeah. I gave that up and um, carried on with the football, but still followed the club and, and watched on the telly and things like that. So that's the thing for me. I sort of, where I sort of gave up that, that little period, where I had the ticket for that little period and then gave it up. I think I missed out on quite a bit. Which I'm now yeah. seeing now, you know. But it was it was more my brothers who got me into football, you know. Yeah. Um, they they were the ones that gave me the bug, and uh, you know, sort of introduced me to football, introduced me to West Ham, and um, 
you know, and and you know, as I say, the rest is history. Once once you once you've once you've got that bug of West Ham, I I've always said I cannot explain properly why I love the club. It's just nah, something yeah. about the club that's just gripped me from the first time that I saw them, from the first time that I went to a game. Yeah. You just get drawn in, you know, yeah. and it, it, it it's really hard to explain, you know, why I love the club. Yeah, it's true. Someone I interviewed, um, <laughs> Simon Pentor, who's a QC, actually, he oh. likened West Ham to an abusive relationship. Oh. And actually, I really agree with him because it's like, you know, you cook them dinner, you turn yeah. up, you know, they come home, you think they're going to be all right tonight, and then they let you down. Yep. And then you get up in the morning and you make them breakfast and you, you, you know, <laughs> and they keep hurting you, but you keep coming back for more. And yep. and it's that is so true because <laughs> you know, on paper, you know, obviously we've done, like I said, over 200 interviews now and everyone is so passionate about the club, even with a player or, or they're a fan. And, you know, on paper, we shouldn't have such this passionate group of fans because we've won fuck all in the last 40 years. <laughs> we relegated three times, two or three times, yeah, twice, yeah. you know. It, there's there's no, you know, you know, you know, everything else. We've moved house and all that stuff. Of that. But, you know, we shouldn't be a West Ham, you know. You think they shouldn't have this group. They do. And they've had it ever since, you know, obviously – very similar to you. I think I, I got in about 92, 93. So I think, you know, so I think yeah, it was about sort of the same time as me. But even before, you know, from the 60s onwards, there's been a few times where they, you know, they've, they've won a cup or, mm-hmm. you know, and they finished third. And, you know, well done. We finished third. And we, we still celebrate the fact that we finished third. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it, again, thinks, you know, is, but anyway, and we have this absolutely crazy, passionate, huge global group of fans. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, we interview loads of the American guys, the Indian Hammers. I've got a guy from Hong Kong next week, and you know, and it, it's it's weird it, when, when you look at it in isolation. It we shouldn't. I don't know why we're always that fans. You sit there and think, why do we attract these player, these fans oh. sorry, from from around the world? Because, yeah. like I said, we've we've not done nothing. We've not done no. nothing. It's, it's probably my fault. Since we've been born, we haven't won anything. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, we we've not yeah. You know, when you look at when you see people from, from like other countries that support the likes of Liverpool, United players like teams like that, you yeah. said that's understandable because they see them, they've won things. Mm. And then like you go and meet you know a Japanese Emma and and things like that, and you think, how did you know about us? You know, how have you ever you got that bug? And that's what I just think it is. That's the thing is that a bug it infects you, and then you know it just grips you and keeps you there. And like I said, there's more downs than there are ups, but we enjoy yeah. it when they come along. Exactly, we enjoy it more, don't we? So obviously, like Sunday, for example, and obviously the games before that. And that's the thing about West Ham, and that's the thing I think we're, you know, it. I don't think I'd want to, this is weird. I don't think I'd want to like win the league or anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because I think we'd lose that sort of East end, you know, uh, we've always got that in the back of the mind that we're going to lose the next game. And we know there's going to be a Burnley three nil defeat coming around yeah. the corner. And, you know, yes, you know, I mean, you know, we won those two games. It's like, okay, but then we're going to lose the top. You know, there's always something. We're always the bearer of gloom, doing yeah. gloom. And it's like, if you say, right, we've won the league, and it's like, well, but I, I don't know how to cope with that, really, because like, you, then you'd be moaning that we'll put out a weakened team for the Champions League or something like that. You yeah. know, it's like, there's always something around the corner of us. But, exactly. uh, 
Exactly. And that's why we have a, a, an intense sense of humour. You know, I mean, yeah. Christ, I mean, you know, obviously since Sunday, just the sense of humour on, on Twitter and, oh, you know, all the tweets going around and, and all the Tottenham fans. And, but, I mean, but it's just West Ham. And, and again, we, they turn up for three or four times a season. You just don't know when those three or four times are. So you have to watch every game. You know, exactly. Um, exactly. Or, even, or even 10 minutes. That's what yeah. we needed on but Sunday. But, uh, that's, that's, you, you look at Sunday's game, that, that sort of, that is us as yeah. a club. That, yeah. first, that first 20 or so minutes, awful. Yeah. Then we got better in it. And then that last 10 minutes, brilliant. Yeah, and yeah. That, that, that just, that's the roller coaster that this club has all through the season. We're terrible. We're all right. We're brilliant. Back down to being terrible again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's edgy seat stuff all the time with us because yeah. you just don't know what you're going to get. No. You really don't. <laughs> no, it is, and it's like as I said, it's even been yeah. We interviewed guys on here who've been fans since the sixties, and they were saying, "Yeah, we had like you know technically three of the best players in the world in our team. We still Ooh. finished like sixth that season." And it's like, yeah, yeah good point. <laughs> you know, you you had yeah. these legends, and you still didn't win the league or anything. You know, it just makes no sense at all. But that is West Ham, isn't it? Exactly, mate. Exactly. It's it's a it's a crazy, crazy club. The club yeah. that we. I, tell <laughs> I don't think we'd want any any different you know i think it is a soap opera it is but it's always been a soap opera and there's always something in the news and it might be something to do with the ownership or it might be something to do with the players or it might be something to do with i don't know just just the fans there's always something going on there has been ever since i remember being a fan that's why because as you said you never know it's going to be around the corner yeah. you know transfer window the domestic is exactly that you know <laughs> from wednesday on yeah yeah he's coming in he's coming yeah. in what okay what i was literally doing an interview and he got a text and i was in a jack mate and he, he said oh look baram might be off I'm like what you know because everyone's like literally <laughs> it's almost like i got the name printed on the back of my shirt ready and it's like yeah. Oh, but it's just like last minute thing, and but that's West Ham. We don't do anything normally. Uh, we never have. We never will, man. Um, you know, Christ, look at like people like Carlos Tevez and and people like that. You know, we're always mm. like that. So, um, and that's why we love them because we know yeah. there's always something weird happening with West Ham. It's never anything. Even, I mean, even the fucking last game at the bowling fucked up because you know that sort of end of that sort <laughs> of ceremony, and yep. because everyone had kicked off outside. You know, we couldn't do it. We had to start with the fireworks. The fireworks yeah. were be at the end of the game because because the council, we couldn't do it. Billy Bonds didn't turn up, so an empty taxi. And it's like, but if he'd gone plain sailing without a problem, that wouldn't have yeah. been West Ham. It wouldn't no, have been West Ham. Exactly. Somebody was just to fuck up. You know, yeah. that's that's what we do. Uh, <laughs> we always, <laughs> but we always go well with the punches. Right, let's go and talk about this 11, Scott. Um, as you said, I know you've been agonising. I don't want to put, put you in the misery any longer. Uh, <laughs> make any last-minute transfer changes or whatever. Um, the only rule is you have to be alive to a scene and play. That's it. That's the yeah. only rule. Um, otherwise, we would have all had the same 11s pretty much. Because, you know, yeah. if it was your dream, your ultimate 11, it would have been Bobby and Brooking and just because, you know, that's the legends they are. But you know, you and me never saw him play. So, exactly, exactly. I sort of said out, out of the group of us on West Ham Fan TV, the only one that's seen, seen some of them legend plays, Graham. Yeah. He's just a little bit older than me, and he got into football yeah. a lot younger than I did. So, you know, he, he, even though I was around when them, uh, not so much the Moors, but like um, say, <laughs> yeah, Bonds, <laughs> like that. You know, I was I was around. I was born when they yeah, were there, but yeah. I, didn't football, so I didn't see him. So, you know, I've not included. I've not include everybody in this side i've i've seen um play for the club so it's um yeah, 
It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, the fairest way to do it. It is. It's the fairest way. And also, it's nice because obviously then it, it's a general... I mean, football's a generational thing. And so, obviously, you know, people that I've interviewed in their say in their early 20s for example their their point of reference is different to our point of reference i think our point of reference is very similar you know i think you're probably, probably born like a year earlier than me and got into football about the same time as me so yeah your time plays the same as mine graham's reference he's got a bigger you know set of players to pick from so he could be more towards you know the 85 86 squad the 80s squad and things like that which is great i've interviewed guys like um Anton Anton's dad Jim on for Mind United. Jim's yeah. like fifty, yeah, fifties, and and then Bobby Ferguson's, and oh, no idea of any of these players. So it, <laughs> it gives people like that, you know, a, a time to talk about players that necessarily wouldn't be in anyone's conversation now. Yeah. Same yeah. as you know, they, you know, if we was doing our Dream Eleven, you know, people like I know people like Hayden Mullins and people like. Uh, Pete Butler and stuff like that would have been in the conversation if it was your dream 11 and they should be yeah. because they were like you know they Pete Butler was the first player I ever met so he was like my idol um for many many years <laughs> and I got more I got more nervous interviewing him than yeah. I did interviewing like Macca and Cotty and stuff like that because <laughs> I, I never saw Cot Macca play I know of him and obviously but I never but Pete Butler I was like oh my god you know and and people like that and Mad Dog and things like that that's that was my reference point but um anyway let's get on this is level scott yeah. we'll start off in goal who's going to be in goal for the scott 11 uh it's got to be the main man who was in goal when i got into football and that's ludo mcclosco yeah he, you know legend he's an icon fan favorite probably wasn't the best goalkeeper we've had no since i've been supporting the club since i've been into football but he's the one that will always stick in my memory you know mm. he, he had he had the odd good games. He had the odd really bad games. But you know, he, he was—he was—he's he just that legend. You know, standing there sing, singing his song. You know, the, the game against Manchester United when he was absolutely yeah. brilliant, which stopped them winning the league, and the fact that the Blackburn fans gave him a medal. You know, um, the next season because obviously that that his performance in that game yeah. won, won them the, won them the league you know after all that because they obviously lost to i think liverpool weren't it last yeah, yeah. Time of that season and for them to do that you know it, it's odd but yeah, yeah. that's that's just the things that that i remember with ludo i said for the first time i've been to first live game i went to actually go and see um i think it was against norwich and we drew three all and and it was in goal from that and as i said yeah. you know my first season ticket was in um, was behind the goal in the Bobby Moore stand, I think it was at the time. I'm trying to show. I can't remember where what stand was which, but oh, you know, yeah, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it? yeah I don't, it's terrible. My my memory ain't the greatest either, so that's <laughs> thing. But you know, seeing him there, he's he's just one of the ones that's always stuck in my mind. As I said, we, we've had some really good goalkeepers over yeah. over the past, you know. 15 20 years yeah, yeah, yeah. but he is the one for me that sticks in the memory the most he would be the one that i will never forget going all the way through because he was the first one that i saw so yeah. he, he is my favorite yeah and and and, he, and Luda, i think looking back obviously because obviously you know you have time to watch old games and stuff yeah. you know rob, rob banks is bless him he's doing all the sort of end of season reviews on youtube and they keep taking them down he puts them back up again yeah. um he 
yeah, Ludo was a typical West Ham player, you know, because he he turned up three or four times a year, you know, and then one would go for his legs or he'd go out and flap for one yeah. and then do a worldie like that Man United. I think Man United were after him, if I remember. I think they tried, like, during his time at West Ham, if I remember yeah. correctly, someone will obviously say if I wasn't, but I'm pretty sure they tried to put a bid in for him before they got Schmeichel in. Um, yeah. probably, probably because he kept on turning it on for you know every yeah. time he played bloody man united but yeah. uh i've got a feeling that happened but yeah he's uh yeah he's just he's just like a just a legend isn't he and anyone for good song is always you know the fact is we still sing his song today which you know obviously when, when we were at football um yeah. when, you, when you could go to the live games that was fun. i remember that time that was a happier time um and uh yeah, and they're still singing song. What yeah. were we, like thirty years on from playing for us, or something like that? Twenty five years, mental. That's it. It's, you know, he's, and and that's the thing. He's he's like a modern day legend. Yeah, you know, when when you look yes. at the legends of the past, the legends of the past won things. Yeah, you know, when you when you look at your your moors and things like that, they they won trophies. So that's why they they are legends. You know, yeah. And, and, Modern day legends for us are not so much legends that have won something, but they're legends that are. You know, part and parcel of the the, the, the folklore sort of thing, the yeah. history of, of what sort of our generation of growing up. Yes, that sort of time. You know, he's he's one of them for me. He, he's a legend because of that, not because he's won things, not because he was he was brilliant game after game after game. He's just one of them sort of cult heroes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's a cult hero, isn't he? As you said, he's, he hasn't won nothing, but he's a cult hero because because yeah, because as you said, he had games like. Like what's name for example, <laughs> like uh, Man United game, and then and you know, I mean, I just I just think it was it was brilliant, and, and I think he's just because he was also because when he when he turned up, obviously we had Phil Parks before them, mm-hmm. day for him, and he and he was so like a modern goalkeeper, he was like so athletic, he wasn't as domineering as Phil Parks was mm-hmm. physically. He was still a big lad, you know. The fact is, Ludo could kick a ball almost the whole length of the pitch. I mean, we had slates on the other day. We went through one of his goals where Ludo literally lumped, lumped it up. And I think um, Dolan, so Eamon Dolan knocked it off to Goves. So knocked it off. And then slates just actually first time volleyed it into the, I think Sunderland. I think he scored the goal. And that happens so often with Ludo because he could just, and he, had, he just kicked the ball weird as well. You know, he's just a modern and he came from somewhere no one had ever heard of. And, you know, clearly because they got their geography wrong with the song. Um, <laughs> That's how he used to introduce himself. I'm I'm from I'm Ludo. I don't live near Moscow. That's how he used to introduce himself. It's the only English you could say, bless him. But uh, yeah, no, because uh, technically I think London's closer to Moscow than it is to his homeland. But yeah, um, but such is. But then if Ludo, as Tony Gal said, you know, if you Ludic McCloskey, I come from near Prague. It doesn't really work. Um, song blessing, but uh, right, put Ludo in. Right. Um, you know what? I think he's one of the first players I remember as well. Um, collecting the old Panini sticker books. Yeah, he's he's one of the first players I remember in in seeing in in one of them. Because <laughs> he had the hair and because he had the green shirt as well, so yeah. it's like stay, goalkeepers naturally stand out more, don't they? Just because yeah. they're wearing different top, and usually they're a little bit eccentric. I mean, Lula, I mean, he wasn't eccentric, but he was different than the rest of the team. You know, he was the first probably proper proper foreign player we had after sort of not people in from Scotland or within the British Isles, you know, coming in. So, um, yeah, he just had this sort of mystique about him. And 
you know, he still does, you know, it's, you know, yeah. it's just, he's just such a lovely bloke. He just had, and I think he was, he had so much time. He still has lots of time for everyone as well. You know, that he interacts nicely on Facebook and stuff with people. And I yeah. love players to do that. Right. Okay. We'll put Ludo in. Um, what we, what we do four at the back, playing four at the back or. Yeah. Go okay. Let's go left back then. Left back. Who've got left back. Um, another hero, cult hero is Julian Dix. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, Nobody else really for me that can fill that left left back position since I've been watching West Ham. You know, we've we've had some decent players, but Dix, you know, he was solid. He was, you know, he great, absolutely brilliant penalty taker. He he was no nonsense. He liked to tackle. Um, he he just always stood out. You know, especially when he had the ball there. He just looked. He looked a menace. And he was he was a good player. He was a very very good player. And again, he was one of them that were there when I started going uh, mm. to games. But you know, sitting back and trying to pick this eleven, I'm sitting there going through the left backs that we've had and 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 the ones that stick in the memory. As I said, when doing this, it's the players that stick in the memory or the players that are I had a passion for. And mm. he was one of them that will always stick in the memory. Again, like Ludo, he was there from the start when I started watching. Started you know, going to the games, things like that, and I said, solid left back. I love the player. I've, you know, when I started playing, I was a, I was a defender. I love to tackle. weren't the greatest of players, but I could tackle, and I was very quick. And you know, Dixie loved the challenge, and you know, he, he could ping a pass. Harry didn't get a lot of Indian caps. I don't yeah. know any timing in the players that were in and around, but he deserved a lot more, I think. Did yeah, I think he was. Uh, I think there's a lot of players uh, who've played for West Ham in, in modern modern history, so to speak, who have um, who've basically just turned up at the wrong time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He he had he had. I mean, particularly like I think '96, he had like PSE, Lasso, um, Hinchcliffe. Yeah, it was like yeah, maybe not Hinchcliffe, but them two definitely mm. were obviously PSE was PSE and Lasso was like you know, and then obviously we had the. The rumors, you know, saying that you know he had to be shaved his head, he'd, he had to grow his hair if he wanted to play football. It's like nowadays, you know, God, it's like they've all got shaving heads or, or crazy haircuts. You know, it's a, a, a day's change. But yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, I don't, I don't think Junior would get many games at the moment VAR and stuff. But um, no, he was just brilliant, wasn't he? And he was just, he just, he was always, you know, if he wasn't man in the match, he was second man in the match. You know, what I mean, you'd always put it in. You could never question his. You know, yeah. his talent, you could never question his effort. Um, you know, and he was just like a normal bloke. Do you know what I mean? I, just, I think yeah. that's, um, he's the type of guy you could easily walk into a checkers or, I don't know, the new inn. <laughs> I live in all checkers. <laughs> um, and he could be popping up the bar. He wouldn't be, but he, you know, that type of look about him, he had his short socks around his ankles, he had his shirt. Obviously, the loads of parents used to hate him because he used to rip. A shirt, his, yeah. yeah shirt. They always rip shirts. I think Ryan had that had a rip shirt. Yeah. I think he did because of his with the Julian. And he, uh, yeah, he was just a man, wasn't he? He he's, he sticks in one of my biggest memories of of West Ham. And one one game, you know, you know, when you talk about the atmospheres of the games and yeah. stuff like that, you know, one of the best atmospheres atmospheres I remember was the game. I can't remember what year it was when we were two 0 down to Manchester United. Mm. And we had a Choi who come off the bench and, and scored, and then Dixie put it away the last minute equaliser, you know, from, from the penalty spot, I think it was. Um, well, I know it was from the penalty, I think it was last minute, but he got the equaliser from the penalty spot. And 
that for me was one of the best atmospheres. That just that moment, you know, because it was down down the end. I was sitting in. I was behind yeah, the yeah. And I just remember the guy, one of the guys sitting behind me, everyone's, you know, he scored it, everyone's jumped up. And this bloke's just gone flying over the top. And I, I think I was about row seven, and he was so obviously row eight. And he's ended up in, at row one, you know, and everyone just went absolutely mental. And, and that, was, that was, you know, one of the best moments and one of the best atmospheres I was involved in. Because, you yeah. know, where I only had that short period where I had my season ticket and then and gave it up to go and play football. Yeah. Know, that, that was one of the things. So I've not got a lot of memories of great atmospheres, but that was one of the best ones. Yeah. It's like, it's like, could you imagine if we had fans there on Sunday? Do you know what I mean? It's that like every, good. everyone's like, you know, as I said, I live in Norm church. I think I probably heard like everybody's watching it on their, on their box down the road. You can hear this collecting, you know, you see the videos. There's like one going around where they were all, which I think which it's like, there's one, there's one going around where they're all outside the ground. Yeah. And I don't know if that was done on Sunday. All right. no, one's, no one said if that's done on Sunday or not, whether it, or whether it was like a, a coming out of the game, yeah. you know, because it was about, because it looked like it was a bit weird because they were outside the ground. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it'll be mental. But as you said, you've got those, and that's that's those memories that stick in your mind, don't you? And yeah. there's, there's certain games which people go, oh, there, that was it. And obviously that Man United game, and when June just hit that penalty, and Schmeich, I mean, you could have had two Schmeichels in, yeah. and it would have saved it. He was so determined to score it. Um, yeah. Class man, yeah. class man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just think it's brilliant, and you know, and just like you know, the fact that you know he's you know, I was I'm great that him and him and Slava obviously back in the Premier League, and you know, I hope you know, I don't know how the fixture's going to pan out, but it'd be great to you know have the fans back in because you know, you know, he's still a legend, and so Slav really, you know, in terms of that. So yeah, and he's and he's. And became a dad again, didn't he, over the summer? Yeah. 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 52, became a dad again, bless him. But that's what you need, don't you? That's what you need. When you're, when you're plotting Premier League survival, yeah. is no sleep. That's yeah. what you need. Yeah. No sleep from a newborn. Oh, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> Lisa will be watching. She always watches anyway. So, yeah, she'll probably be killing to herself. Probably watching it about 3 o'clock in the morning when she's doing the baby yeah. feed. Exactly. Doing, you know, doing the bottle. God bless her. I don't miss that. I don't miss that at all, do you? It's like that bottle feeds like 3 o'clock in the morning. Start. Oh, I just don't miss any of that. It's um, my, my boy is four. And yeah. uh, I think in four years, there's probably six months where he slept all through the night. Yeah. Even even now at the age of four, he comes walking into my room. Yeah. And I have to be up early, so I just I just literally plonk him in my bed and go and sleep in his bed just just so I can get yeah. him sleep. You know, so, so I exactly the same. Yeah, it's, she's eight, so don't get no better. God, you know, don't get no better. <laughs> so, it's like doing this thing now. I'll go back and they'll both be in bed in, in, in my bed. And I just, I just literally go. And things I will contend with the dog now. Like the yeah. dog's this funny that he wants to sleep upstairs now. And like, but she'll be like, oh, my life is. I love these podcasts. They're, they're like little chinks of my life come through every episode, you know, how I've got to compete for bed space with a little teacup Yorkshire Terrier. But yeah, oh, bless her. But yeah, no, yeah, no, it doesn't get no much, they sit no easier. But uh, yeah, especially if you're trying to, as you said, trying to sort of, you know, put together a plan for Premier League survival. Let's go, uh, let's go right back. Who's you have on the other side? Right back. That was really tough. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We've, we've had some good right backs. Um, you know, we've had, we've had some really quality right backs, but it was hard to pick. But 
I went for someone who was not really a right back um, because he was one of one of my favourite players defence-wise, and I couldn't pick him in the centre halves because the two centre halves are uh, uh, you know the ones that I wanted to add in. I've gone yeah. for Potts at right back. Yeah. Lovely. You know, very, very, very good defender. Very good player. Gave everything to us. Um, yeah, I think he even played centre midfield a couple of games yeah, as well. Did, yeah. I'm sure one game he played centre midfield against Chelsea and he was like just told to man, Mo, uh, man Mark Zola. And to be fair, didn't do a bad job. But yeah, he, he was one, you know, he, he, he weren't really built. He was more, he was built for a right back. You know, he was he was small. Yeah. He weren't he weren't your usual centre half, but you know he was a fantastic player, really good servant to the club, and obviously still is a servant to the club. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I remember I can't remember what game it was. He obviously he got one goal for the club, but I yeah. remember a game. I think it might have been against Liverpool, where he hit this shot, and the keeper tipped it over the bar. And you sit there and think, if you can hit a shot like that, why are you yeah. not doing it more often? Yeah, he, 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 he proper caught it. I think it was a really good run as well that he went on bringing the ball yeah. out the back and he's hit this shot and you just think, why don't you do that more often? Yeah. You know, I but, love a defender who, who like has something. He's like, I remember Anton scoring that goal against Fulham where he turns it and then wallops it, and they just have it in their locker. But they yeah. go, yeah, I, could, yeah, yeah I, I don't need to do it. It's like Potts is like, yeah, I've, I don't need to do it. I've scored one goal. You know, I've played five hundred five appearances or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't got his luck. No, he's 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 one of his players. If he was a if he was half foot taller, he would have been in the England squad, you know. For because I think he was a better centre back than he was a right back, you know. I think yeah. obviously yeah. just his height. Um, he read the game so well, he was quick. Um, and as you said, like he did that. He, he, I think there was a game against Arsenal. Um, mm. I remember particularly where he was just he was at centre back, and I think he was on absolutely immense. Um, and. Yeah, no, I think he's great. And actually, he's the first one. We're doing a new series starting soon. And yeah. he's the first. We're basically taking like sort of six legends, we're calling modern day legends, and doing like a little bit of a round table discussion about, you know, him as a player, you know, a little bit of a few clips, a bit like a panel show. And Potts is the first one we're doing. So, yeah, it's a good, so it's a good plug. So it's, yeah. all part, it's all part and parcel, Scott. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> he's, another, he's another player as well who was sort of. You know, he said his height let him down a bit, but he was another player that was in the wrong era. Yeah. Centre halves. You know, we had a, that sort of time England wise. There was a hell of a lot of decent centre halves. I know he's mm-hmm. um he could have played for USA mm-hmm. or he couldn't. Yeah. So, you know, he had the two, but we had a lot of decent centre halves around that sort of period he was playing. So it was really difficult, even if he wanted, you know, even if he was available or was an option to go and play for England, so or was picked. He had so much competition around him, but he was definitely good enough. Definitely good enough. Oh, and definitely. he's he's another player that was a long servant for the club, a bit like Marky Nobes. And I think that's a dying breed in football yep. now. You know, we're we're not going to see players like that. And it's 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 really sad to see that in the game that you you're not going to get the players like Noble and Potsy and players like that who, who get a lot of stay at one club technically nearly all their career. I know Potsy went off to play for Dagnum, I think, yeah. when he left us for a season. But, you know, he's he's another legend, another one of them legends that didn't really win anything, you know. Yeah, and he's a legend just for, for longevity as well, you know. But I, I know what you mean. It's um, And actually doing yeah, it's, it's quite, yeah, it's great, and like, thinking back. But it's quite sad as well, thinking back, because you look to now, and it's yeah. like, 
you know, we've been very fortunate. We've had a lot of ex-players on there, like you know, even well, even Tony Gow. He was he was mentioned something which has always stuck in me. He was there for eleven years, I think, at the club. Every year, apart from one, was a testimonial year, and um, you know, and it's just like it's just a dying breed. The, the, the testimonial, even you know, I mean, I, I hope at least one player will be a Mark Noble. He plays defensive midfield for West Ham at the moment. He, and he's just played over a hundred Premier League games. But, you know, that, but that's it. You, you know, if you I mean, you know, a lot of players, you know, if you get a two, three seasons out of them now, um, you've done well. Um, yeah. It's just the way the modern day works now, unfortunately. But yeah, it's a shame because I think, you know, you, you lose that, you lose that um, connection mm-hmm. between player and the fans because yeah. you know you always know that you know he's going to probably leave soon particularly if they're a good academy player you know and that's always been the case of West Ham you know even like the Joes and that like you know even Glenn Johnson's you know they play and they're really good at great yeah when, when's, he, when's he going when how can we keep him for rather than how can we build it it's like it's always been how long have we got him for? And unfortunately, that's how we're thinking about a deck. You know, it's not a case of if, but when he goes. And, um, and but, you know, with the people like Potsy and, and Julian, I mean, Ludo was there. Ludo seemed to be in goal for, forever. You know, <laughs> you think about it, he was like, and then after he'd left, we'd had like, if I remember, we had like loads of, like we had Bernard Lama. We had like, we literally had a spate of like loan keepers. We couldn't get, you know, another Ludo, you know, for a long time. And then even then, I mean, the procession we had, you know, David James and, and Rob Green and, and Peter, and obviously Fabianski and, and people Shaka. like that and Shaka as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they weren't the same long length of career as, as, as Ludo was or, or Parksy and, you know, and it's, they, they're great players, but you just get them for two, three years. And I think that's why I also, some people forget that oh, yeah, he played for us, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But, you know, it's like it doesn't didn't do, and he played like you know eighty games or you know like fucking like you know Piet and people like that, you know, and you know they've only played you know this season off, and you know and the impact they make. But yeah, uh, I mean someone like Potsy just needs to be revered, and the fact that he's in the under twenty threes, still around the club, um, is great. Yeah, it's, it's very good to see. I, I must admit, I hope they do the same with Noble when Noble retires. You know, he, he is another player who deserves, and I think Ginger Collins as well. Yeah, he, he he'd been with us, and I know it was over two spells, but the fact they didn't give him a testimonial, I thought, was quite disappointing. You know, yeah, he, he deserved it. He is, you know, he, he gave everything for us, and yeah. yeah, I think he did deserve a testimonial. And well, I, I noticed in his Instagram post, he did say that he wants to put the claret and blue on shirt on one more time and say goodbye. So now you've put it like in the mass suit social media. That's that's a quick win, isn't it? That's a quick win. Yeah. For the for the minute, just to get him on the pitch, or, you know, when everyone's back, that is a bit of a quick win. That's that's an open goal to get that sort in it, and uh, you know, you say yes anyway. But uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's just and uh, but it's it you know sentiment it used to. I think it's just again, it's indicative of modern football. Sentiment's out the window now. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, even before, I mean, Billy Bond. I think Billy Bond six nine nine. He mm-hmm. had like you know why the fuck didn't. Did they put him on for his seven? You know, you know, it's like it's always been. You know, it's it's the it's not necessarily. And you know, we'd have loved him to play seven hundred or you know round it up or whatever. Or you know, someone like Collins to get that tenth year. Um, I mean, Winston Reid is his tenth year this year. Yeah, yeah. I keep, do you know what? I keep forgetting he's he's only on loan, isn't he? He's not even yeah. the club. I think January's back because like the way the the MLS season 
runs is really weird, isn't it? It's like in the summer months almost. So, um, yeah. and I think that's why Craig, Do- Craig Dawson was on a was on a loan deal, I reckon. Possibly, that's yeah, yeah. Chat. If 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 really can get some quite a few games under his belt, yeah. would, um, yeah. step he's back. played. I think it's about eight, seven or eight games in consecutively now, I think, or something like that. I think so. I'm saying the other day I was watching, but because he scored the other day as well, didn't he? So, um, yeah, because anyway, let's, let's move into centre backs. Let's segue into the centre backs then, then, Scott. Right, who's your first centre back then, mate? My first centre back was, oh, you know, was a player that from, I remember from England first, um, you know, he was a player that I loved. The first player I really. When you fall in love with football, yeah. he's one of the players for me, and he's Stuart Pearce. Mm. Good shout. He, um, you know, when when you look at the the, the miss for the England penalty in the nineties, and uh, you know, he's the career that he had. Tough tackling defender, you know, I loved I loved tough tackling defenders. He was a leader, mm. you know, and and then when you skip forward to ninety six, and you see him in that that England lineup where he's, you know, the passion that the guy had for yeah. for. The, the you know for the country playing for the national team and then we signed him you know and, and he played for us and that was really late in his career but the type of player he was you just knew you know he gave his all mm. he, you know he wanted everyone to be you know play at the best and if you didn't he you knew you knew about it you know you did say yeah. you knew about it and the fact that he went he broke his leg during a game Went in at half time with a broken leg. You know, he, he carried on playing, went in at half time and then wanted to come back out and yeah. play. And then it was stopped because, like, you know, you can't, you've got a broken leg. Oh, one leg, yeah. yeah. It just shows, you know, it, again, you don't see that with modern day no. footballers. No, no, no. They break a nail. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he, dying breed. And Piercy was one of them. I, I, that's what I just loved. I loved his passion. I loved the whole aura of the man as a defender. And you know, he, he was brilliant. He was yeah. brilliant for his career. And uh, lucky for me, we got him, but not. It was the wrong time in his career. Yeah, yeah. Me, but he, he still he went ham of the year that year. I think anyway. I think he still won ham of the year. If not, he was runner up or something like that year. He was there. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that. You know, until obviously sat, until sat Sunday, you know, defensively we, we've been a lot more secure than we have been in previous seasons, uh, previous games. Really. And yeah, I, I don't think it's you know any small part to him getting back into the coaching setup yeah. just because it's it would just it would scare me into staying in position. He would, he would. You know, when, yeah. I, when when I used to play uh, football, there was a there was a player who used to play in the midfield. And he, he had a very, very fiery temperament, you know, and, and if you made a mistake, you knew you made a mistake, you know, and, and you didn't, you tried not to make that mistake again, you know, and, and that's what, that's the vibe that I get from Piercy, you know, he's one of them and he's a true leader, true leader. We, it's a shame that that type of player is dying out of this game. He is, he is. And then actually, yeah, and I think it's... And I just, I just think with someone like Piercy, I just think he, he's right. He just embodied, and he was part of that sort of. We had like a bit of a convey about, didn't we, at that time where he had like 
basically last season wonders you know we had Piercy, then we had nigel winterburn and and people like that and uh and chris powell and and i just think it was you know you could get away with it then because i just think that the game wasn't as fast as it now obviously we had zabaleta and he was like very much in that ilk and just got completely shown up last season when he played you know just because the pace of the wingers and stuff nowadays but uh yeah no i just think he was and he was part of that sort of the whole era wasn't it where we had these sort of seasoned professionals come in for maybe a season or two we had like righty yeah. um obviously we had teddy come in a bit later on and we had even like right. rob lee uh, razor you know yeah. just coming in just to do a, se- a season two seasons you know knew what they wanted there's no bedding in period they could just hit the ground running and off they went and as you said yeah, it'd be nice as on with, with Pierce's passion in, in, in terms of more than one. Because obviously we've got a couple in our team, but yeah. obviously the more Stuart Pierce's you have in terms of mentality, the better, I think, for us. Yeah. Right, exactly. OK, we'll put Stuart as one. Uh, who's going to be the other centre-back then? The other one is a, is a is a guy that I enjoyed watching play as a centre-half, um, Slavin Bilic. He's, nice. he's been... People raise eyebrows when I say he's my favourite player. You know, yeah. he... he I just when he when he come to the club, I just thought he was really cool. You know, a really decent centre back. You know, like good with a ball at his feet. You know, very very intelligent person. You know, he's sort of one of the first players that I sort of looked into off the field. You know, the fact that you know I think he's a he's a, a qualified lawyer and yeah. he's in a band. I just thought you know even though I was in sort of late teens that time, it it, it, it was really cool. You know, he was a cool guy, a cool defender, yeah. and he just sort of had a very calming influence. And I remember when he was playing for us, obviously, you had the thing when he, you know, going to Everton and all that. And that's why a lot of people probably sort of sort of go against him because of yeah. that. But yeah, yeah partnership at the back with Reaper. Um, he, when Ferdinand come through into the side, you know, when Ferdinand started coming in, he was there for that. And, and I think Ferdinand learned a lot from Bilic. Definitely. You know, because of the type of player that Bilic was. And, you know, you can see him being even at that, even when he was a player, that type of that type of person that would pull a youngster to the side and say, you know, do, you know, you've done this, try doing it this way, sort of thing. You know, because he was that, he was that smart and that good. And it was great for him to come back as manager. It, it was gutting, you know, the way he left. And, you know, yeah. I hope he's successful at West Brom. I, I don't mm. want him to beat us, obviously, but... Yeah, you know, he was just such a nice bloke, and he as I said he was. I just thought he was cool. It's quite yeah, sad. You're right, and he was. He came around that time of, you know, sort of Brit pop and stuff like that as well, really. So, and so he was sort of like he was a really trendy. He, as you said, he, he like played the guitar. He just was like you know, he's Eastern European. He's living, you know, he dressed a bit funk differently, and yeah. I know exactly what you mean because obviously when when he came as a manager he was still really cool he yeah. still looked cool you know because he had the glasses you know sometimes sometimes he'd wear you know nice trousers and a pair of trainers you know on the touch side and stuff like that you know and he's just like but and the trouble is i think you know i think he was he's a perfect you know i don't say i think i think he's a perfect international manager because yeah. he was cool he wants to be everyone's friend he wanted people to get on but yeah. it's different when you're a club manager and he obviously you know that was obviously one of the things that was one of the issues people said when he was you know when he was in charge you know when boys came in they literally everything was tougher all the training sessions were tougher they were doing double sessions and da, 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 which is what they should have been doing really yeah. um 
and we, we had some stories around that time yeah. and of, of sort of players taking taking the mick because he yeah. was trying to be everyone's friend exactly. you know i think being being a manager especially in the premier league you've got to try it's, it's sort of mixing the two but you've got to have that mm. you know you've got to have that cutthroat that's the limit you don't push that yeah. limit and i think he didn't really have that with us you know, and no. hopefully he goes on to learn that in his game because I think internationally wise, you know, he is more of an international manager than yeah. he is a club manager because yeah. you can get away with that internationally. You just can't, you know, in 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 our league anyway. You know, you've got to yeah. got to be able to mix it up a bit, and he just didn't yeah. seem to have that. No, definitely. Yeah. But I mean, he was the best manager. He, you know, for that last season, it was it was because the team were playing well as well, and you had the. And he could really, and sort of the, the father-son relationship with Payet. And, you know, it was the right person at the right time. And unfortunately, you know, because the team were playing well. Um, well, they played well, you know, as a collectively as a season. But um, I, I totally agree. I think when you're an international manager, you know, you're, you've basically, you've picked the best players in the league, in, in, in your country. So you shouldn't have to teach them anything. It should just be like team bonding, isn't it, really? It's not what you're going to teach. You know, what's Gareth Southgate going to teach Harry Kane about shooting? You know what I mean? It's like you can't, you know, but collectively, you know, get them together as a team. That's what he was uh, was good at. But, uh, yeah, they're good shout Slav. Right, okay, let's go into midfield. Uh, let's go left wing, left midfield. Is we on the left? Then, left midfield. You know, again, we've had a lot of really good players, but this guy comes in, you know, because the memories that he's given us, and it's Dimitri Payet. Yeah. You know, it. You as much as the way it ended with him was terrible. Yeah. You've we've got that memory of that last season at Upton Park. You know, and. Yeah. He is the main reason, along with Billich, why we've got that memory. You know, the Definitely. thing he's done that season, he's he's probably the best player we've ever had at the football club. Oh, totally in, you know, in, in you know, I know other people say, Oh, you've got the, the Canio's players like that, but I just think Pyre, he was just that different, different level. And mm-hmm. that is it for me. It's the it's the memories of that last season that will we we were lucky to see. We were lucky to be there for, especially that last game, you know. And I'll always be thankful for that, yeah. you know, because that is modern day memories for us. You know, we, yeah. we 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 weren't privileged enough to see the cup final wins or anything like that. And it's nights like what we saw at the very last game, and that that you know, this I still say now, if refereeing decisions had gone our way, yeah, possibly. We could have done a Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely would have been Champions League, definitely. Um, and that's the West. That's the West Ham way. It's always the ifs, isn't it? With us, it's never the whens. It's the ifs. And so, yeah, is if if this happened, if if Pi hadn't got a knock and spent a couple of games, you know, it's like and if that. But um, you, yeah, I mean, that season just the, you know it never happens at West Ham where the stars align. Mm-hmm. Is it? Everything fucks up somehow. Yeah. There's always a little fuck up, and for once we had like one of the best players in the in the world playing for us, which will probably never happen again in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but you know, it's quite it's quite depressing to think of that. But it, it might not be the you know, he might never have a player of his ilk. You know, thirteenth, mm-hmm. he won in thirteenth from the Ballon d'Or that season or something like that. You know, star of the Euros. You know, we, we, and he played for West Ham. Do you know what I mean? He didn't play for Real Madrid or Man United or Arsenal or Juventus. He played for West Ham, and 
this little podgy French bloke, you know, just who, who to be honest, when before we'd signed him, yeah, we'd heard about it. This, you know, you could see him on the charts. He was like the top, you know, I know chances creator in Europe, but you know, he wasn't in the French team. Um, no one really heard of him until he came to West Ham, and we we put him on the map for that. Yeah. And it never happens. It never happens that we buy a player who plays his best years at West Ham very, very rarely. It's always, as you said, the bookends. So we either get Stuart Pierce's or Jeremy Angakias. We never get, you know, Pyatt was that, that, and, you know, I mean, he has, he's done all right since he's gone back to Ligue 1, but mm. it's not really putting up trees. No, exactly. That season, yeah. he just, he was, he was like, that season off, he was just, you know, the best, one of the best players in the Premier League. And um, it was an honour to watch him play in, in a West Ham shirt. Um yeah. That's 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 why I had to put him in. You know, we, yeah. we've had really good left-sided players, really good left-sided yeah. players. But you know, he's as I said, he's the best. And that that season, if it, you know, you sit there and ask me to remember my first season that I, I I remember West Ham. I don't remember all of it. I probably remember eighty, ninety percent of that season, if I'm honest. You yeah. know, and that's 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 partly because of. <laughs> Yeah, you know. no, totally. And 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 he just brought back, brought, gave. It was it, again. It was like Billich. It was the perfect signing in, the, in, the, in that season. You know, it works. It, everything just worked. He was like, you know, we love a flair player. We love a flamboyant player. We love a player who can play the West Ham way. You know, and and he was it. And and he did it more than anyone else I've ever seen. You know, because it was every game he was like that. Um, you know, he. I remember that South End friendly, you know, he joined and it was like straight away. Didn't know, no fucking about, no sort of like, you know, adjusting to the game. Then the Arsenal game, he was doing Rabona's, he's, you know, he's doing all the tricks from the, yeah. from the first game. Um, and fingers crossed, Ben Rama does the same. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. You know, he's got the potential to do, do it. I mean? so. He's got that. He's, he's, he's a cocky, looks like a cocky little shit. And Pyatt was a cocky little shit because you have to be to try these things and have the balls to try them and, and trying to, you know, the Emirates and things like that. And, and he had it and he just didn't give a shit. And that no, was just loved him. I thought he was a really good player. And yeah. And again, people say, oh, you know, the way oh, people are going to hate me. But, but to be honest, I think he's been in about 40% of people's 11s, you know, and even people who have been from the 60s, you know, just because the impact he made, you know, in the modern days, probably more than, the vast majority of West Ham players he, in, in such a short, short career as well, West Ham. Um, right, we'll put Dimi in. Uh, let's go right midfield. Let's go the other side, Scott. Right midfield, um, another guy, he, he was you know a brilliant player. And I think a lot of his career at the club was overshadowed because of the fact that we had players like Decanio there. But I've gone on the right for Trevor Sinclair. Yes. You know, very, very, very good, talented, wide player. You yeah. know, I don't think he got the plaudits he deserved playing nope. for us because other players took the, stole the limelight. Yeah. yeah. You know, he could, he could whip across and he could score a goal. He was quick. You know, he's, his passing ability was brilliant. Um, you know, funny enough, one of the, 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 the main things that you remember him for was probably his overhead kick for QPR. Yeah. 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 The stuff he did at, at West Ham. But, you know, he'd always be the player that put that ball in for the Canio's goal. But yeah, he he was a fantastic player to watch. Yeah, um, no, he was. Yeah, yeah. He's tricky Trev man. He's he's and 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 unlike most players, particularly of his of his era, 
Um, he interacts with people on Twitter and stuff like that, and it makes a you know as soon as you say Trevor Sinclair, like yes, because we get a retweet. Because <laughs> you know, any any time he appears in eleven, and like if we follow you straight away, he's like re- retweet. You know, I'm still I'm still there. I'm still there. Bless him. Um, the thing I like about him as well with with like you said with his social media side of things, he says it how it is. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and, and that's that's. That's good to see from he's 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 one of them players, you know, now he's retired. He still cares about yeah. the club, he still cares about the fans and things like that, you know, and, and it's so good to see because a lot of lot of you know former players they can go on and do the punditry in, in you know for Sky and people like that, and they don't care about the clubs that they played for. Yeah. He's one of them that that still cares. Yeah, know? he does, yeah. And, and it's if it any of them is any of the clubs he's got he goes he's been to it's yeah. not just west ham if anything comes up qpr or blackpool i want to say um maybe um or, or man city yeah. he, he has an opinion and he still cares about what the fans say and he's a cracking bloke honestly we've we have had him on and he is lovely we probably chatted for about two hours before and after he just wants to about west ham wants to talk about everything you know and it was the day that he'd come out and had a go at Jim, uh, yeah. at Jim and and we had like a good old giggle off camera about that because we're yeah. he's a mutual friend of ours is Mister White, and so oh. we were like taking the fist out of it. It was funny, but but no, he's he's great and he's lovely and he's got enough time for everyone, as you said. Nowadays, particularly even more so, you, you know. Uh, don't you don't get a signature off a player now or you don't get you know a selfie you know you get a follow or a retweet or a like and that's like the new that's like the modern day signature in it and to have you know he'll like this and everyone like oh brilliant you know oh trevor and he, and he, he responds to me there's certain players that still do that and it's lovely to see because obviously they care and he was so made up about the fact that cause obviously since since lockdown they put those they put some legend that, or pictures of former players and i remember going around because it was like someone's mentioned some. i think frank's on there frank jr's on there or something like that you so i went around had to walk around it when i was at one of the games and i saw trev's one took a picture and trev there you go mate because he i texted him went, are you on this i don't know i haven't told me and i texted him, i went look you're in and you're next to bobby moore and he went fucking hell that he's like he says you will not you do not believe how much i made up by that and you think, yeah, and it's like wow, you know, <laughs> right as you walk up under the big stat, under the big, uh, under the big screen, he's right back in the centre. Bless him. Um, I ain't been man there since all the lockdown. I'll have to have a wander over. Yeah, have a wander around. Obviously, match day they close it all down because that then becomes a car park. That's where we park oh. our cars. <laughs> We'll get car. Get a fucking car park space at the moment. It's going to be great. Um, but um, obviously, still everyone's got sixty thousand to come back. But I, it's easy for me to go. Home. Um, <laughs> I have to get on the public transport. I think. But yeah, um, they've done. Yeah, and there's obviously like like Vic Watson and and like Tevez and you know it's. it's yeah, I mean, it would have been, you know, I would have probably put a few, a few more. There's obviously more space than to put more in, but it's nice. It, yeah. Again, it sort of gives a bit more of a, of a, you know, West Ham vibe to it as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, Trevor Sinclair, there's another guy as well. Um, Bish, Bish was like, when I, I, I sent him a picture as well, and he was like, so made up it was like you know it's so nice because you think you know you think he's played you know all these games at other clubs and stuff and you've got a sticker of you on a on of him on this these like so you, you do not realize how much this means to me I was like, 
<laughs> right, I'm going to take pictures of all of them and send them all around. You know, Rio, yes, you're one. I won't talk about Frank. It's funny that you should mention Bish because he is one of our centre midfielders. Right, let's talk about Bish. That's another retweet. God, we're gonna, <laughs> the, the, the channel engagement today is great. Right, yes, Bish Bosch. Let's talk about Bish Bosch. Yeah, he, he, again, he's another one for me that didn't really get the plaudits he deserved. Yeah, you know, he, he, his range of passing was brilliant. He, he could, you know, probably one of the better long passes of the ball I've seen at the club. You know, and and I always remember when when it first started going over again, he was he was in there in the centre of midfield, and his long hair just bopping up and down. He was as he was playing, and he he was for me, he made the game look quite easy. Yeah, you know the, the way the way the way he played, and you know I haven't got any really standout memories of him, but I just remember him playing and and being there, and uh, you know, and and one of my favourite players, you know, in, yeah. in midfield and. Yeah, he, he was he was a good player. He was a good servant for the club. Yeah, he was classy, a classy man, and a classy player. No, he's brilliant, and he's again really active on social media. He obviously, does his podcast Five Pints in with Bish, um, which is really good. <laughs> and we've had him on, and he's brilliant. And yeah, he just and that sort of generation of player is just like that's my era. And so, like you know, listen to his stories, and you think nowadays. You know, you get, you, you get, you get, I mean, obviously not pre-COVID, but you'll get like, if a kid's gone to a party or whatever, um, it'll be all on the, on the telly and, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't use them. Fucking hell, the stuff Bish and that lot did. They told, you know, openly told me the interviews and stuff. You're like, Jesus, you know, it's like, how would you get away with that now? And when we had Razor, we had Razor and he got like banned from, he got two more, he got arrested at a Christmas party. In Romford, and he got and he got um a two mile exclusion zone from Romford Town Centre, which means he couldn't train at Chadwell Reef. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like today, today, if that was if that was like, and, and and again, that's something which again really really knocks me about the modern day game. Modern day games like nineties compared to that, like the two thousand thirty years. But um, you know. He, they're not, they're, you know, they're, they're not human. You know, they're all sort of uber professional and there's no characters, you know, there's no bishes. There's no, even Trev, I mean, some of the stories, Trev, got, I mean, Trev openly said they could have probably won the league that year. They finished fifth. They didn't go out on the Tuesday. They went out every Tuesday night, Tuesday club, Tuesday night, Tuesday club after training, they'd go to the toll gate, they'd get on it and then they'd go out up London and Harry wouldn't put put training on the Wednesday because he yeah. knew they were going out. Yeah. <laughs> They, they didn't go sneaky for a beer over the week, rest of the week. So I know they could carry let them go out on a Tuesday night. So actually, it weren't a bad thing. But you know, thinking nowadays, if you had this, you know, if you was I don't know, Man City, you know, Kevin De Bruyne going out and going out of the piss every Tuesday night, you know, the Tuesday club thing at Manchester, it just wouldn't happen, would it? You you imagine that now? Them doing that now? The amount of pictures or tweets would be over social media. You know, it would be ridiculous. But players from that area, era, sorry, were were so they weren't detached from the fans. No, exactly. Yeah, players now are detached from the fans, and and that's the thing. And I'd love to hear a lot of the stories that probably that they can't tell 
on camera and things like that yeah. because you know you know a lot of stuff went on around the club at that time and yeah. it was a bit like when you know we've chatted to jimmy walker when he when he was yeah yeah, yeah. Era and things like that. and some yeah. of the stories that he comes out with that he can't yeah. talk about yeah you just think you know you just imagine the stories you know back then under the red nap years and things like that it's they're going to be quality honestly it's brilliant some of that and, and you know some of them it's like afterwards they go oh, i should have probably said that story it was like oh be late be late monks be late mate you've always said that <laughs> how, how uh he, he tells the story of uh of sue care yeah there's one there's one where him and sue care they went to when they were in the uefa cup or they or the intertoto i think it's uefa cup they did um they were in croatia and sue care and stimach did a team bonding session <laughs> and it was like a gun was, they said it was a gun range right. um and sink says it weren't a gun range it was like literally in the forest and yeah. like this bloke pulled up with his van and they got all these uzis out the back of the car and just started firing them and then and razor collaborated it he said it's true and then monks strips down to his pants and starts pretending he's a bunny jumping around like shoot me shoot me and like literally all the guys in the in the the oozes go white because it was in croatia and basically it was a landmine it hadn't been cleared for landmines and so monks this is the day of the game the day of the game and so he had to sort of bunny hop back the way he bunny hopped <laughs> And the landmine is like really it's like yeah oh man it's just so funny and it's like you know oh it's like that era was brilliant like he tells another smocks tells another story of of devil suka who was a bit of a he was into his stocks and shares mm. and he's like there's one coming up we've got a stock report coming up you'll make you'll make your money then and obviously harry's ears prick up as well what's going on, <laughs> what's going on? they go all right we can make on this we've got a bit of a tip so they all put their money in and obviously the report came out and it was wrong and it all tonked and they all lost their beans. And then the next training session, like Monks literally takes out Dave, he used to call him Dave Sucare, took out Dave for two footed challenge, turns Sucare's Harry, and Harry just closes his eyes. Harry on, carry on. And literally they're all just kicking the shit out of Sucare. What? But anyway, Ian Bishop, what a man. Yeah. And, and Bish, Bish seems like the type of guy you could just go down the pub with. Yes, you know that's that's you know you don't again don't see that with modern day footballers. And mm. that's the thing them them sort of stories you can see when you go on you like your tours where you Saturday side or your Sunday side things like yeah. that. They're the sort of things that you get up to. Yeah, and you know it's good to see that you know not so much now, but back then that's what the professionals were getting up to. It was, <laughs> and that just shows how it's. They're footballers, like we are footballers, or yeah. we were footballers. We're not as good. We like to enjoy ourselves. They like to enjoy themselves. Yeah. And, you know, it's good to know them sort of things. They play hard and they worked hard, you know what I mean? You know, and you know, Bish particularly, he was famous because he always, they used to call him, I don't mean it was polo, I think they used to call him, because he always used to have a pack of polo mints in his pocket. <laughs> he's training, and so the gaffer didn't smell with the booze on him. But um, but apparently they were extra strong mints. He told me they weren't polos. But uh, I, I, yeah, it's brilliant. And you're right, they're relatable. It's like you know that era. You know, I mean, I lived in around Lout and that time. They all live around there. It seemed at that time. And you'd be in safe. I used to work in Safeways, and and yeah, they would be in Safeways doing their shopping. And yeah. you know what I mean? You know, it's like, or they'd be, you know. I once saw Paul Paul Kitson in Walking Woolworths buying a big bag of pick and mix. You know what I mean? But it sounds like Alan Partridge, doesn't it? But yeah, it's true though. But it's like you you'd see players around, and now they're, then they're all living 
penthouse, you know, Kakei Wolf, you know, house, penthouse sweet things. Um, and it's just a shame because I think you, you miss that. You miss that sort of relatism and, and, and Bish was it. You know, even the fact that he's halfway around the world, he's still very much in touch with people. And obviously Trev comes out and says stuff. And then Bish says it as well. You know, I mean, two of them are both very vocal from slightly different and grit. And obviously both played for Man City and West Ham. So there's that sort of relationship there. And uh, no, yeah, good old Bish. That's two retweets. Right, who's next? Who's next? Come on, who's next? The next one, again, sitting there picking certain ones. This this one's a bit of a curveball because he's a recent player. And yeah. it's, it's Declan Rice. Yep. From, you know, the boy's got, the world at his feet at the minute. Definitely, and he will go on. He will go on to be an England captain, and oh, you know, if he stays with us, he's, he's captain for every game that he plays. But yep. he will be an England captain, and yep. it's weird putting him in because I said I'm trying to pick of players who I've got good memories of and, and players who mean. But I just think he's one now. He will be my favourite player. He will yep. be my when he leaves the club. He'll be my favourite England player because. The way the the way the boy handles himself, you know, you see him with a meet when he's being interviewed. He's he's still got that youngster about him, but he yeah. just handles himself so well, yeah. and he's turning into such a brilliant player. Yeah, you know, his reading of the game, his positioning sense. You know, all right, the, the the first twenty minutes of the game against Spurs wasn't that great, and it, someone someone said to me, you know, he looks scared of Kane. But I just think that's just that learning process of a youngster. Yeah. I mean, we still forget he's only 21 years old. Yeah. And he's, he's slowly becoming one of my favourite players. And that's why I had to put him in, in yeah. my level. Because I said, he's got the future at his feet. And I he hope does. he's going to have a massive career. And I just hope he does it all the way through with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. And, and actually, I think I think with him, I've got these claret tinted glasses on about him. Because I just think he he's... He, although he's a, you know, not, I don't think he's the brightest spot, bless him, but he's very switched on in social media and he knows he's not silly. He knows basically, Mark, when he plays a six, we give him a seven. You know what I mean? It's always a little bit more. And he's obviously been under, he, I mean, he's had Mark Noble with him ever since he joined West Ham, really. He was 14, you know, when he joined. And, um, and I just think he, he knows that, you know, he could be a massive fish at West Ham. In a small pond at Chelsea, he's one of the, and again, it's something that winds me up because if he goes to Chelsea, I think England will lose one of the best midfield players in the world at the moment. I, I can't think of anyone who plays his possession better than him in the world. I really don't, because um, I just think he was—he's such an unusual player. Um, I remember seeing him because obviously they do. We used to um, well when we go back, we all do the under twenty-three games at the at the ground, and obviously I watch him and I've seen him. You know, he was head and shoulder. He was playing centre back at the time, but he was head and shoulders just because that leadership quality, which you mentioned about Stuart Pearce, um, he he's got it. And you know, when Mark Noble was like, when he's out of the team, there's no even question that it's going to be Declan Rice is going to be the captain. You know, the, the guy's only 21. You know what I mean? And it's like, but still, yeah, there's no question about yeah. Oh, Mark's out. Okay, Dex's captain. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, he's 21, but he's he said he's played over 100 100 Premier League games just now. Exactly. Yeah, and you think the other players within the squad that have been captains before? Yeah, you know, or Bonner, Criswell, players like that. Yeah, it's just the fact that, as I said, he's got that presence about him now. He's got that, you know, his yeah. maturity for the young age that he is, and you know, I just, I just hope we can keep hold of him for as long as possible. But 
realistically, we know he's not going to stay. But but I'm with you. I, I, I said this when people were saying, oh, he's going to go Chelsea. He will benefit yeah. more than staying with us, you know, yeah. than going somewhere else. He's, he's better sticking with us this season, definitely. Hopefully next season he does. It obviously depends where the ambition of our yeah. club is at yeah. point. But yeah. he will benefit from playing games. And so, sometimes you think, all right, well, if he goes and plays for the likes of Chelsea and they're winning most weeks, I feel that players learn more about themselves and more about the game when they lose. I like it. Yeah, I like this guy. You know, <laughs> fucking le- he'll learn fucking loads playing for West Ham, to be honest. But... <laughs> you know, you, you, I think you learn more of the game. I know playing with better players and things like that, you, yeah. you, you learn from that. But I just think sometimes being in a side that's not brilliant week in, week yeah. out, and, and you've got to fight at times to, to yes. get out and stuff like that, I think he will, he will learn more. And I think that's why he's matured so much within the mm. game. And the way he is, because he's learning, because he's in the renegation, that renegation dogfight, and yeah. you know you've not got one of the world's best players playing next to you. you. You know you've got a decent player playing there, and you've got to cover this position. You've got to do that. I just feel that he will mm. learn more for the game and mature even more. And you know, being a realist, he won't be here much longer. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. It's funny, isn't it? It's like you be. We we vilify people like Scott Parker for leaving, you know. But literally, we are literally walking deck out the door at the moment. Everyone's like, "Oh, if he goes, wish him well. I wish him well." He's like, you know. But I think with Deck, I think you're right. And I think actually, since since Suchet's got on the scene, I think Deck as a player has improved dramatically because he he doesn't have to rely, you know. Mm-hmm. Some obviously, you know, no disrespect to Mark, but obviously Mark's at the end of his career, and I think for that that couple of seasons, Deck was doing two people's jobs he was trying to clear up a mark and he was trying to do his own job with Suchek you've got very much two two very similar players box to box they can one goes forward one hangs back you know there's no surprise that Deck did that that mazy run against Leicester and there's no surprise that Suchek's always in the box game for going for headers because they they've got a really good relationship with one another and I just think um and you know he's got to be a better captain than England catch them fucking Kane. I mean, you've probably watched the the Amazon Prime. You know, go on, go on, let's go. You know, it's like it's hardly that like, inspirational, is it? It's like, God, you know what I mean? Well, I I had this thing with with Ryan over over like with Kane being captain, and yeah. Ryan, he's not that type of captain. No, you know, he's more of an arm around the shoulder type of captain. And I think you saw that when Deck got called up to the England squad for the first time. That, that Kane was the one that met him, yeah. and that's good to see. And that's again. That's something that you can see Deck taking on board. Yeah, yeah. Of England come out, he's the one that's met me at the door to to bring me in. You know, and you can see that Deck being the future England captain, even though for he, I think he's more of a leader than what Kane is. Yeah, I agree. On pitch, he can take that aspect of what Kane does as a captain yeah. and add that to what he does. You know, yeah. and it, he's that type of footballer you think would learn that. Yeah. You know, it's true. You know, that's 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 what we've got to open. Yeah, keep, yeah. I mean, watching stay, um, stay at West Ham. <laughs> it's it's quite simple. Just stay at West Ham because it's like you'd be really you end up being playing centre back if you go Chelsea, and I just think you'd be wasted. Um, the only the only team I was I was surprised. I, I just think he would fit quite nice into City because they they as a sort of a replacement for Fernandinho because they haven't got a replacement. Rodri's not the right person for them, and I just think he would be he would fit in there quite nicely, unfortunately. But um. But I mean, yeah, I mean, particularly with Mark, because obviously Mark, they, they did a thing like a little series about 
new players coming into the club and what they do. And, and, and Mark said, you know, I'm the first one. I get the number and I phone them up and they join the WhatsApp group and da, 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 da. And it's the same thing. You could just see deck just doing that quite easily, you know, yeah. rinse and repeat. And, um, and hopefully we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Football's a funny old game, Scott, in it, so we don't know what's going to happen next day, let alone let alone next week. But he's not. One of, but what I like about Deck is he's not one of those people. He's not a pie yet. He's not going to throw his toys out if Chelsea came in for a thirty million bid and we turn the fuck off because he knows he's worth. He's not silly, um, and he clearly is enjoying playing at West Ham because he's so young. He's not media trained. You can tell because he's he's as you said his interviews are so enthusiastic and doesn't talk about the party line. It's always like you're just buzzing, you know. I'm buzzing, mate. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. You can't fake that. You can't fake that. And um, yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I remember Trevor Sinclair was doing an interview and he said when he was young, when he was like in his early twenties, he played a hundred games in lower league football. Mm. Now people are calling themselves footballers who are sitting in the under twenty threes on. 60, 70 grand a week and they're happy with that and he, he is right you're not a footballer unless you're playing games no uh, you know that, that's the problem i think again when we say this modern game modern player it's you don't want to be earning you everyone wants to earn money you know that's that's why the first reason why you play football is you, you love the game second reason is you can earn that shed load of money of course but you want to be playing yeah, yeah of course you, you want to play football and and deck's lucky that He's in a situation. He's that good where he can come straight in. And, you know, you've got like your Josh Cullens, who's who's had to go, had to leave the club. You know, yeah. he's a fan. He wanted to start the club, but you want to play football, yeah. and, and that's 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 the end of the day. That's what you, that's what every youngster who plays who, who wants to be a footballer. It shouldn't be yeah, I'm going to earn hundred grand a week. I'm going to. It should be I want to play football. Yeah. You know, I want to be on that pitch week in, week out playing football. And and with Deck, he's got the best of both worlds at the minute because yeah, he definitely. is playing week in, week out, but he is getting paid good money to do it. So, yeah. you know, long, long yeah. as I said, long may continue in the claret and blue. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here we go. Um, and obviously, we've only got about three months until January. Uh, yeah, three months of January. So, that's <laughs> six weeks or something like that. Six, seven weeks where it opens again. Ridiculous for that. Yeah. Right. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm with you, though. I think. Uh, I think it's City we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, I just think I'm, you know, and also Chelsea spent all their beans this season. Yeah. They spent the money, you know, they can't, you know, it doesn't matter what people say about financial fair play and how much of a crock of shit it is and stuff like that. The fact is, they've only got, a, you know, they haven't got, they do not have a bottomless pit anymore now. They haven't. And they've spent 200 million or something like that. They haven't got any money. That's what they, yeah. I mean, they've got Thiago Silva as a, on a, free transfer that's their that's their centre back for the season next summer I could see them going back for deck um and John Terry Mark two basically that's how he sees him isn't it Frank does um but I just think City he just he would fit in but you know the fact is that Pep would be probably more likely to get a better deal to go if he got someone in La Liga you know just because the English game the, the players are already you know up at a level because of you know you've got to have a certain number of homegrown players and stuff so naturally Deck brings a higher price tag to himself and uh yeah I just hope they offer him that uh, no I just hope you know he gets offered a new deal and stuff because then obviously that secures that that level of of, of value and, and worth isn't it really because he's on the longer contract and so that's yeah, great. Shows the deck's doing well, but you know, I'm not being funny. Was it only one of four people who have played every minute of every Premier League game in a season or something ridiculous like that as well? And like last season, so no, I just think, yeah, he's, he's worth his weight in gold. That man, right? Let's go up front. First striker, then Scott. 
Uh, another academy player who come through the ranks, Tony Cotty. Again, one of one of my favourite players, one of the first players I remember from when I first got into interested in football. He was one of the first, um, you know, memories of standing uh, when when um, when I was there singing, uh, walking along in a Cotty Wonderland. Um, I'm sure he scored. First ever game I saw live, which uh, was the draw against Norwich. I'm sure he scored that day as well. You know, so many. Uh, I'm gutted I didn't get to see him first. West Ham, yes. you know, yeah, like, yeah. the second one. But you know, such a such a fantastic little striker, and you know, again comes across as a really really nice guy, really yeah. nice guy, and you know, he's he's always been one of my favourites. My favourite players, one probably one of the ones I'd love to meet. You know, yeah, I, Graham, Graham and Nicky interviewed him a long time ago, and I think it'd be like like you said, you, you get them ones that you'd be a bit starstruck, and I think you'd be that one. I, I get starstruck quite easy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not uh, not the greatest around sort of famous people, but if I recognise him, that is. But Cotty would be one of them that I definitely would get starstruck around because he, he's just he's just a legend for me. Yeah, no, I like you mean, and yeah, he's um. What I like about TC is he's like he was living every boy's dream, wasn't every fan's dream. He was a West Ham fan, you know. Obviously, he scored in his debut against Tottenham, you know. So you know, he just literally ticked every box straight away, didn't he? You know, and he was he's brilliant. And he's really into his stats, and obviously, when I interviewed him, I was really nervous. I had to literally double check every stat, you know, every game, and I still fucked it up. I think I said uh, he had seven England caps, he had eight, or he had eight, eight and seven, or something like that. Um, famously didn't go into the 86 World Cup, despite the fact being the top scoring Englishman or something like that as well, and young player of the year. But uh, yeah, no, he's a legend, a legend at West Ham, and he just, and he's just again, you know, he's like, he's a bit like Mark. He's you know having having a fan play for your team, you know, you don't have to worry about him, you don't have to yeah. worry about him putting the effort in because it's his club, you know. Some, you know, particularly maybe the, the, the more foreign-based players we've had him recently. You know, we know that they're not necessarily West Ham fans, obviously. <laughs> Although we had that spite, spate, didn't we, where we brought people in and there was the, oh, how oh, nice to be a boy on the North Stand cheering, <laughs> cheering people to on. You know, and it's like, okay, all right, mate, yeah. But, um, but no, it's, it's, it's something special about having someone and obviously somebody scored so many goals to the club as well. And obviously being part of the most successful sort of league team as well. We've had, um, I think that team still has something like 17 club records that still, they still hold today. It's, done, it's mental, absolutely yeah. mental. But that's, um, that's, you know, we, I was that far too young to, I said, I weren't into football and far too no, young. I mean, to remember that, that, that time. And it is gutting because that was probably, one of the best times in our recent history, yeah, so, yeah. you know, since like obviously the, the winning the 80 cup and I know we had the year we finished, I think fifth, weren't it under red nap and, you know, the, the, then the FA cup final uh, that, that we lost to Liverpool. But, you know, that season is the season that we all remember because we finished so high, you yeah, know, yeah. I said, we just unfortunate. We weren't there to, to see it, so to speak, but yeah. you, know, he's, you know, he's fantastic. little striker. He was absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and then, and again we don't and we don't get that type of player anymore now. That that sort of like fox in the box, you know, you know, you don't get those strikers anymore. They all play off, and someone I can't remember who had Cotty in, and we was going through like you know the like the Premier League, and even like people like Vardy and people like that. They're not 
Tony Cotty strikers, you know, they're not like hanging around six yard box. That's all, you know, that's 18 yard box. That's, that's their sort of domain. Everyone, you know, we don't get, that's not a modern striker anymore. They're forwards now, not really strikers anymore now. Exactly. Uh, and and we, yeah. Many, many a season over recent seasons, we've been crying out for yeah. Yeah. that type of striker. And obviously, you know, they're probably the closest type of a fox in the box we've had is, was Hernandez. Yeah, totally. <laughs> It's changed the way we play, and then ask him to play up front, and he don't. You know, yeah. it, it just it doesn't make sense. But this is the thing we see, we seem to get players that said like that. We we, we never replace Cotty. No, you know, with with that type of the type of striker that he was, and, and we do that through the years. We don't replace replace players with the players. You know, we've had a, a successful player playing yeah. this way. We then don't go and try and think. Well, let's get another player. We we yeah. success playing this way. Why don't we try and find another? We completely change the dynamic, and yeah, you know, he's he, uh, yeah, he, 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 we never seem to get players, and and you know, we, we've obviously scouted players in certain positions, and then we play them something completely different. We wonder why they can't do it. It's like, you know, like Halaire, you know, he bought him as for he played in the three at, uh, yep. at Frankfurt, and you know, to be honest, we haven't ever gave him a fair crack of the whip, you know. And the times that we have played him with a striker, with two of them, like, you know, I think that Southampton game just before lockdown was probably his best game for us because yeah. he had Antonio and there was the flicks and there was, you know, and there was partnership and uh, Hernandez was the same. You know, I said Chicharito, it was like, this is it. This is the guy, this is the 20-goal striker we've been craving. Exactly. Play him up front on his own rather than, you know, it was set up for him and Andy Carroll. Set up him and Carroll. Big man, little man, back to Mackie at Mackie and Cotty. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it could have been the best, one of our best stri- modern day sort of strike partnerships. Definitely. Right. All right. TC's in. One more spot, Scott. Last one. Got? Probably the best striker that we've had at the club for a long time, but injury absolutely ruined him. And it's Dean Ashton. Yeah. He, he had absolutely everything about him. You know, I, I, I thought he was a fantastic forward. He was strong. His movement was brilliant. And he knew where the goal was. And such a shame the way it all ended for him. You know, one, one of the biggest memories I've got of him was that game against Manchester United where, you know, we've got Tevez, who, who I was toying with putting in because I absolutely love Tevez. Yeah. And... Um, you know, he'd scored a belter for United and then Ashton goes and scores out muscles Rio Ferdinand, you know, the best English centre-back and yeah. does that, scores that goal. And, you know, he, he's another player. He had the world at his feet and yeah. it just ended too early. And, I, you know, I just, I, just, I just think we... He was the next Alan Shearer for England and we would have benefited even more than what we did if we kept him fit. And said, I loved him as a player. And the way he was, and you know, you, you saw in the um noble testimonial, he still got it, still got his locker, isn't he? Yeah, so yeah, he's he's he was. I had to put him in because so we've had some we've had some good strikers, yeah, we know, have. I could have put in, yeah. I said, I, I love Tevez as a player, but Ashton for me was my favorite all round type of striker, yeah, you know? and yeah, that's why I had to slot him in there. You're right. He was he was the ultimate striker. You know, I just think you're right. He had everything in his locker. Um, you know, he said he outmuscled Rio and then he does a bicycle kick. You know, it's like that just shows you that the old. And I think you're right. We would have benefited in England and West Ham. I don't know how long he'd been at West Ham. To be perfectly honest, um, he will would well have probably probably gone to Man United because he'd been partnering Rooney at, for England as well, wouldn't he? And so, but. 
you never know. And he was just brilliant. And I just, I had, I was so excited when we signed him just because, you know, again, he was like what we needed. We needed that sort of central striker. He could play and he had enough pace to beat a man. He was skillful enough. He could head, he could score with both feet. He could out muscle people. And, uh, yeah, it's a yeah. show. Even now, even now, if like if, if Sean White Phillips comes on the telly, I still can't watch it. It's really weird, you know. It was like, and it's such a West Ham thing for the smallest player who played for England or whatever to nobble us, <laughs> our star striker. Yeah, that was it's, it. It's 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 mad. It's just you know, just some stupid tackle in playing. It's typical internationals. You know, how many times yeah. do we send players one international to come back injured? And, yeah. and it was over, and and that one done it, you know, massively. We we should have just so progressed with him and and gone further and further forward, and and built a side around him for as long as we could have kept him. And it just just literally typical West Ham fashion, all went flat. Yes. And also again, we talk about partnerships, and you know, he was, you know, him Bellamy really. Um, I mean, that was that was the part that was with the partnership, wasn't it? And they would have been an absolute cracking part they would have been probably our best partnership they would have been since you know yeah. the two since King Cossie and McAvenny and again just such a shame and it just again it's just such a West Ham thing as you said you know we want players to play for England we want players to to better themselves and, and to get there and then you know you actually shit yourself until they come back it's like it was like yeah. with Deck you know when he was every time he's England oh he's, he's all right he's not playing you know when he comes on you watch it you watch the telly it's like don't get hurt don't get hurt please don't get hurt it's like Masawaka I'm not even funny like literally at four like say you know I don't know two months ago Masawaka comes back injured from international duty we wouldn't think twice we'd be like oh well Oh well, now he's integral to the. He's like you know when he was injured, like fucking out Matsuaka's injured. That's the whole game plan gone. It's like really, he's like yeah, he's at the moment, but uh, nah. That's the thing with with players like like Matsuaka. There, you think yeah, he hits a bit of form, yeah, and then it's injured, and again, typical West Ham. You know, yeah. It, it's written. It's just written. It's like Antonio. Yeah, bless him. He's one of the probably one of the strongest players we've got in the club. But he's one of the weakest players, you know, because his legs, you know. And it's like someone so strong to be so brittle, you know. And it's like although he's been all right, touch wood, he's been all right since yeah. since the restart. Hasn't really got the only got a knock on Sunday, weren't it? But it was just like on precautionary. But uh, yeah, no, it's. <laughs> But it's just so West Ham. We've always been fucked over by injuries. Yep. You know, I mean, someone like Cresswell, you know, Cresswell came, she, you know, blazed into the team coming from Ipswich and then was like brilliant for a few seasons, then got injured and never came back the same player. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, Lanzini, unfortunately. Lanzini, yeah, yeah. Jack Collison, you know, these players, Dino, you know, these players who like just had like injury after injury and never came back the same player. And, um, yeah, it's 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 when you think about it, it's like, but it, and that happens every club. But for some reason, it's always us. We always see us, you know. Uh, and again, it's that doom and gloom stuff on our on our head. <laughs> but, um, I'm, but anyway, Scott, I'm pleased to say your your episode is is has been the longest episode we've had on the channel. <laughs> oh, brilliant! You've just beaten you've beaten Marshy by about about a minute and a half. So well done. <laughs> well, I won't enjoy. That's what Graham's going to do. We're going to have to get myself a dinner beforehand. <laughs> Because he'll be determined to win it now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He will. He will. <laughs> he, he's got some stories, Graham. He's, um... Yeah, that's, that's what it is, man. It's all about the stories. But anyway, listen, man. It's, it's been it's been great chatting. I've absolutely loved it. It's been a right, right, uh, right, good, exactly. good giggle, man. And um, obviously, thank you and appreciate your time. Well, thank um, you for having me, mate. It's, it's absolute pleasure. We got there eventually. 
we got through it we sorted it out eventually we always do good things come to those that wait so we're, we're right. and hopefully you're 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 young and won't wake you up too early tonight uh to, oh yeah tonight and see well no he's, i think I, I i literally put him in bed i put him in bed with the missus um yeah, that's, yeah. i do i do the same, you see i do the same on a friday night i see you yes know, yeah because we've only got like we've got one room downstairs like living room and we've got two bedrooms, so I don't want to go upstairs, especially when I'm filming, because you can't talk quietly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Of, um, <laughs> Stick him in bed with me, it's just in bed with me, it's much easier. Yeah, just easier. <laughs> a bit of cowpole and they're all right, but yeah. That's it. Like, yeah. When you get up, that's the thing, he's only four, when you get to your old six plus, cowpole yeah. six plus, that's when it all counts, mate, that's when it all counts, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she'll be coughing and spluttering all night anyway, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, cheers, man. Obviously, thanks, everyone, for watching, uh, you know, on YouTube or they'll be listening on Spotify or Apple iPod. Apple iPod. <laughs> iPods? Do people still have iPods? Apple Podcast, I meant. Podcasts or Alexa. Po- Alexa, play My Hammers 11. There we go. That'll fuck some people up. Um, <laughs> and next time, myself and Scott, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Come on, you wines, and we'll see hey, you very well. Take care, everyone. <laughs>